We get like blind stinking drunk in the parking lot off three dollar Long Island iced teas. Me and my bass player are like baking out the van and like throwing up in the parking lot. It's a it's amazing, right? We're talking to this guy who's who's telling us how hot his cousin is. Like it couldn't have been more of like a stereotypical Georgian night, right? And so finally, two o'clock rolls around. But what we didn't know because being from Philadelphia, is that the bars don't close at 2 o'clock in Georgia. In Georgia, the bars close at 4 o'clock in the morning. So Hell at 2 yeah. o'clock, the Rocking Rodeo is at maximum capacity. We are playing to the biggest <laughs> crowd that we've ever played to at this point. We're also, like, incredibly more hammered than we've ever been. So we get up, and we play. We're completely trashed, and we win the Battle of the Bands, is what I'd like to say, but we didn't because we were terrible. <laughs> what is up and welcome back to Willigan's Island. How are you? What, what What's going on? Guys, today is a good day. Today is a great day, in fact, because I just found a way to get my favorite episode that we recorded back in Maui onto the internet. Wow. Seems like a simple idea, but GarageBand is terrible for exporting things, but Audacity is a sweet, sweet woman who will always have your back in getting things on the internet, so give it up for Audacity. Fuck garage band's exporting service but guys we got vince Fody on the podcast we got the famed from the vault the this i think we recorded this back in august um it's fucking it's great vince is one of my favorite people in the entire world he's fucking one of my favorite comics uh in the entire world um he's from maui too also we're gonna keep the podcast about maui i think we tried the trial run with akeem it uh, it was good. It just it just didn't seem right, you know, to not keep this thing about Maui and just talk about everything else. So, I'm trying to just do only showcasing uh, Maui people or Hawaii people, you know, and uh, just keep it close to home. You know, that's what this is about. It's about the uh, it's about that. It's about the people that aren't here. You know, so Vince Fody is on. And it's fucking hilarious. He talks about uh, um, some tours that he did with his uh, old punk band and on the East Coast. Um, he has a great South Park punk cover band that has been featured on the AV Club. Um, and he's just, uh, just an all-around great guy. All-around really funny. You're going to like this episode a lot, because I sure goddamn do. Um, and also, I'm going to be back in Maui soon. I'm going to be back... Um, this might I might already be back when this comes out. Um, so come catch me at Vibe Presents Willie Simon on the twenty seventh, two days after Christmas, on uh in the triangle. I think that's at seven PM. I'm uh headlining that. That'll be cool. And uh yeah, just come check out the open mic. The classic threes Tuesday open mic. I'll be hosting and stuff and uh I'll be back. I'm back on my I missed you guys. I missed the, the actual Willigan's Island. But, uh, yeah, Vince Fody, episode six, see people and me. 
with uh, with Vince Foti. Thanks again for listening, you guys. Um, let's get into it. I'll see you guys soon. also cools you down what on certain podcasts you have to pay extra for that kind of thing yeah seriously we give it to you all for free on well, Logan's Island that's we're this is generous. a great day yeah seriously <laughs> right I can go to sleep right now yeah that'd be cool people would listen to that maybe I'd be w- like avant-garde podcasting <laughs> it's the internet like, somebody wow. somebody's gonna listen to it <laughs> Like, wow, that guy took a nap for two hours. That was awesome. I'm... You try to register soundsofwillysleeping.com, it's already taken. <laughs> Someone already got on that, that Somebody... money train. <laughs> that gold mine. Somebody's already got Somebody's that already niche harvested. filled. Call me a, an 86er, because <laughs> that's a gold mine. What's up, my log sawers out there? <laughs> <laughs> or a 69er, not an 86er. 86er is a, a waiter is, who yeah. cancels things. They're out of it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all out of Willie Sleeping sounds. Damn it. <laughs> it's going to ruin people. Come back next week. Actually, try the veal instead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like, why I get this every week. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I feel really good. Like, I'm taking. I'm, I'm e- having a Ricola right now. Ooh. And it's really. Is it soothing? It's literally putting that honey in my voice. Yeah, and I can feel it or sound. Hear it. Wow. Yeah. That, was, that was hard. But, uh. As an Italian, I usually use olive oil. They say Italians have that olive oil in their the Italian crooners, you know? <laughs> not, not, not this Italian. <laughs> All honey. All honey. Oh, yeah. Call him Vinny the Pooh. Hey. Whoa. Hey, now. Because, yeah. So, uh. So, Vince Foti, local comic. What are, uh. What are, what, when did you start doing comedy out here? Uh, I want to say about uh, three years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It was, uh, it was in January. So maybe two and a half. Okay. What, uh. Half years ago. It's been a while. Yeah, no, you've, uh, you've I been... started back in the Stella Blues days, so. That's right. Okay, you do remember Stella Blues. Yeah. Then. Yeah, those were, I, I really missed that place. After Tin Can Comedy, post Stella Blues. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I didn't see there. Tin Can, too. I think, yeah, we started around, like, you started, like, just a year after me. Because do you remember me before? Yeah, you definitely remember before I went, yeah. went to school and left. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you saw... Those were good times. Yeah, you saw... And you like, were good when, back then. Oh, thanks, man. You too, man. I, I loved you, like, the minute you uh, you started doing comedy, you had a style about you that, that kind of... It was one-liners, but it's, it's smart. You know, it you was, do a really good job of... When I first started, I was... I spent a lot of my set was trying not to do like Mitch Hedberg like I I was I kept finding myself my natural voice was kind of falling into like this Mitch Hedberg kind of style Uh, so I tried to get away from that and uh, try to find my own voice and it's taken me me a while but I've kind of gotten there yeah no you've definitely gotten this uh, this kind of because not to say Mitch Hedberg is uh, like slower comedy but it's like uh you have kind of an intelligent twist to everything. Like, I love your dubstep joke about, uh... What is it? It's the, uh... Oh, like, I have a shit... You, you can... I guess you'd better 
but uh, the whole like the, the twists you take are uh, are all brilliant. Man. I absolutely love your shit. Like, yeah, it's, uh, the joke is that I was driving down the street and I was listening to dubstep. You know, so I'm all. And then it turns out that my radio was off and I just have a shitty car. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I remember when, because that's an early joke years, right? Yeah, that's, uh, I wrote that joke uh, probably like two years ago. And then that's one of those things that I started using all the time because it's a good like opening joke to kind of get the crowd to A, listen to you, B, applaud your beatboxing, and then <laughs> C, have a nice quick little joke. Everybody, everybody likes, uh, everybody can, can get behind having a shitty car. Yeah, right? Especially out here. That's Yeah, exactly. It works the joke always works very well on Maui. If you have a nice car out here, you like put that on your like your like Instagram bio. You put it on like, like your resume. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like Yeah, I got a twenty seventeen Tacoma. You're like, Wow, this guy is Wow, this he's I can, got o- I can overlook the face tattoos. That's awesome. <laughs> twenty seventeen, you said. That's this year. Matt, it's it's crazy. I've never seen such a high concentration of face tattoos until I moved out to Hawaii. It's amazing. <laughs> Like, yeah. even people that aren't locals, it's just, like, it's, like, Florida and Hawaii. <laughs> it's, like, the only places where you, you're not, like, taken aback by face tattoos, you know? Yeah, right. There is one, uh, there's one bonus to having a face tattoo where it actually comes in handy, and that's the waiter gives you comma Ina automatically without having to ask. <laughs> Be some gangbanger from L.A., and you're like, well, how's that chemo? How are you doing? <laughs> Like what is chemo? Do I have to? Is that a, is that I don't a blood know what thing? Chemo <laughs> means, but I got twenty percent off my bill, so <laughs> yeah, <that's great. laughs> yeah, I'm chemo. Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, where? Uh, so where are you from originally? You're not from uh, Maui. No, I am not. I'm uh, originally from Philadelphia. Two one five. The uh, so you know all about face tattoos, probably. Do people yeah. have face tattoos out in Philly? Probably in the worse areas. Sure. Yeah. Any bad place, and except especially for in the tattoo <laughs> shops. <laughs> I mean, it seems like if you have a face, if you work in a tattoo shop, there's really the sky's the limit for amount of tattoos you can have. That, yeah, they're the right. only people that are that are willing to hire you, no matter where you're tattooed. Going to a tattoo, it's like having like a you want a that and like how you want a, like an attractive personal trainer. You know what I mean? It's the right. same thing. You're right. Like, exactly. Yeah, I want a scary looking tattoo artist. Yeah. Hopefully, he's got his like. Tongue forked. (laughs) (laughs) He should have more piercings than he does skin showing on his face. (laughs) Right. But yeah, Philadelphia is a very uh, uh, tattoo rich city. Yeah. And so that's why when I first moved out to Hawaii, I had some tattoos. And uh, it's cool because when when you're in Hawaii, you're wearing less clothes so you can show your tattoos off more. So you're getting more sun, which is not ideal for your tattoos <laughs> but uh you get to show them off more and uh people actually come up to you and talk to you about your tattoos out here it's a big conversation starter yeah and like people you'll be on the beach and somebody will be like yeah i like that that's not really a thing out in philly at all uh you i don't know a philadelphia people are into tattoos out there but it's philadelphia is uh, has that very east coast mentality of like don't talk to me oh yeah that makes yeah. sense like why are you listening why are you looking at me why I got make... these to scare people away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is not working. <laughs> I got these to fill the the sorrow in my heart, not as a conversation starter with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got my, I've got, the, I've got these tattoos because I'm working on my own issues, not trying to take on yours. Like, <laughs> let me drink in silence, please. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this. That's why I got it carved into my arm. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is scarring. You know how tattoos work? <laughs> yeah. I want, I want the scarring on the outside to match my internal scarring. Yeah, exactly. On my on my emotional plane. So did you ever uh, do comedy out in Philly? Never. You never uh, want to or anything? I always, I grew up really being a huge fan of stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought in the back of my mind, maybe someday I would like to do stand-up comedy. People told me I should try stand-up comedy. Uh, but I never thought it was for me. I always just thought I was the type of person where I liked stand-up comedy, I liked listening to it, and I was happy being a comedy fan. Um, and then once I moved out to Maui, Maui is a much smaller, it's a much smaller scene mm-hmm. than Philadelphia, and uh, it's a it's a much smaller pond to be in. So somebody, I was actually friends with Trish at the time, and this I knew Trish, Trish the yeah, Trish the Dish. Uh, she was she was at the time uh, friends with Chino, and I actually knew Trish before I knew Chino. And Chino was uh, running the open mic. He was one of the founders of the Power of Comedy yeah, open Chino mic. LaForge. That was Local out here on legend. the island. Local legend Chino LaForge. <laughs> so Trish said, "Oh, you That's should like come to the open mic comedy." And then I, I saw it, and there was people that were up there that were not very good. And I thought, there, I mean, there was obviously people up there that were killing it. And, and knew what they were doing. Yeah. But there was also, like, some real kind of nutcases up there, mm-hmm. like, just getting up there. And I was you remember like, ISIS and those guys? Uh, I don't think I ever met ISIS, but he, I, I... I remember I, one day he got a... He, he never came back to the open mic because the cops came and he was just beating his girlfriend in the parking lot. And just like... Oh, just I remember him. Monster. He actually... He never came back. He back. hit my car and then moved away. <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole! <laughs> Well, yeah, that's Maui comedy. That, that's what it was. Yeah. For, it was like the four. It was funny people. because I had a really <laughs> shitty car at the time. Like the joke was based on something, right? So I had this really shitty car, and uh, I think it was actually Mike Bush came running into stand into Stella's, and I was like, Vince, Vince, somebody hit your car, and I came out, and there was like a dent in the car, you know, and I think the like, I that think new. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I, all right. Like, I thought, like, my car was, like, smashed and I was going to have to, like, get it towed away. Mm. I was like, oh, it's it just looks slightly shittier than it did before. So, I mean, that's fine. Actually, how the sun, or, like, how the sun hits the car now. It creates this nice yeah. rainbow. Effect. Yeah, it's actually pretty nice. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> um, I did have to replace the taillight. I think he shattered the taillight. But what was I going to do? Sue so, him? Yeah, right? Yeah. You he, get his he, sweet he, van. He the st- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of abandoning uh, that van. Can I just have it? We'll <laughs> yeah, call it even. Because <laughs> I know it's getting abandoned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instead of leaving it on the side of the road, I'll just take it. Leave it in my driveway. We'll call it even. Yeah. Good fixer-upper. But project. actually, that never came to mind, so it ended up getting abandoned <laughs> in the long run. <laughs> yeah, right. Another homeless guy took it in. That's like that was more it was less of a van and more like a like a hermit crab shell. <laughs> People just kind of move into, would take on for a few years, yeah. and when they outgrew it, they'd move back to the streets of California, wherever they came from. It was weird. I used to think sl- uh, slugs were just homeless snails. I didn't realize that there was. <laughs> right, I thought the same thing. Like, they're definitely. I, was, the I thought they were just snail. like lazier snails, like. <laughs> Snails lacking motivation. Yeah, like the motivated snails, they went to a good school, they they went and got their own shell, you know. And Some then start out these, as slugs. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they rose to the top. The, the caste system of, of the shell. They themselves of the, a shell. Yeah. I was like, there must be some sort of gastropod caste system, you know. <laughs> yeah, the uh, 
cast the your untouchables vote. and the slightly less <laughs> <laughs> the slightly more untouchable. <laughs> It's like a Pokemon slimy. evolution. That's the closest thing. That's where Japanese people got it. Just yeah. Like, look at all these. Look at all these stupid slugs. I can't get. <laughs> Let's write a whole universe about Be it. Be a snail. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it's a motivational poster. It's just a picture of a snail. Yeah, just hanging on to something like a cat. <laughs> on like a shell. <laughs> He's just on the side of a wall. It's like, wait, I think they do that normally. I don't think I don't think that snail's in any peril. <laughs> no, that, that's, that snail's dead up there. <laughs> that's just where they die. He's still hanging on. He's fine. He's he's dead, obviously, but he's n- he's not in any. There's no danger of him falling. <laughs> he's just there. He's just a permanent fixture now. A rock will grow around that snail. <laughs> it's like or moss. That slug, and it'll finally become a snail. It's, it's like kind of beautiful. He's actually. encased in ivy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a circle it's the of The lamest life. Jurassic Park. You, know? <laughs> you just find a, a slug encased in ruby. Big, <laughs> big giant slug. It's like, wow, it was such motivational amber. Yeah. <laughs> that slug really made something out of himself. <laughs> so to put a point slug on that, I showed up to uh, open mic comedy for the first time, and uh, <laughs> Gina was running it, and so I thought to myself, these guys are good, but some of these guys aren't so great. What's the worst? What What's the worst that can happen if I get up and at least try it? And I got up and I tried it, and uh, I wasn't great right off the bat, but I had some jokes. Yeah, you were pretty funny, though, like off the bat, I think, like generally. I had right. some jokes, and uh, I think uh, what helped me is that my timing was down. Yeah, you had a mannerism in me, like a stage presence. Yeah, like I had a like natural that's... understanding of what comedy was supposed to be. Like, you can tell some people don't understand what stand-up comedy is, or that, like, jokes are supposed to have punchlines, but yeah. even from the beginning, before I was even, like, good at writing jokes or sets, I at least had a understanding of the format of what what it should be. Yeah, what it something should with a like. beginning, middle, and end. And I, I had a little bit of, uh, I had a little bit of experience of being on stage from being in a band, and I had a, a, a natural sort of timing. Uh, and rhythm that comes from being a musician and be a film editor. Mm. I did film editing. That's awesome. When, uh, uh, for a while, and uh, there's uh, there's something about film editing that runs uh, runs parallel to music and comedy is that movies when they're edited they have a certain rhythm to them. Yeah. And so you know there's there's the idea of timing and pacing is sort of like that underlying current that connects audio and video and comedy and stuff like that that's awesome when uh so did you i have a lot of questions now <laughs> i don't see if i can remember it. but so did I didn't you mean to get super deep to, about that no, no no this is this is great this is gonna be uh it's gonna be like how high did willie simon get <laughs> that's this episode Not high that's enough. this title as a matter of uh, fact the the george carlin bit about the word the dirty word you can't say on television mm. There's a Blink-182 song where they're singing those words just as, really? as the chorus of the song. That's and funny. it works in the format of a song because even when there's not music to it, this, it's stand-up comedy and it has a certain rhythm to it. Yeah, there's and a beat. Sometimes things just sound good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's, it has to have a, a breath, you know? It's like you breathe in, breathe out, and that's... Yeah, and that's relevant in the same in music and... Yeah, Phil, you, you said those things. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's, uh, you're totally right. It's, there's a... And even some words are just funny. You know? Yeah, some, word, totally some words just sound funnier. Yeah, because there's a cadence to them. Yeah. 
like bees. <laughs> quick, you know, it's yeah. fast. You know, that's why. Or, Pixelated vaginas. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, yeah, no, there's, there's totally like a, there's a beat to it. That, uh, so did you go to a lot of uh, comedy clubs out in Philly when you lived out there? Or were you... Uh, uh, yeah. Not not really. There, uh, I would go to see comedians that I knew when they came through. Uh, and every once in a while, I would go to maybe like a like a comedy show, but it wasn't something that that I was really that into. And then just be just from proximity of it being nearby when I moved to Maui, and just because the people that I knew happened to be going there, um, that's just kind of how I got involved in it. As a matter uh. of fact, if it had been in Lahaina on the west side instead of on the south side of Maui, I might have never done stand-up comedy. <laughs> I probably would have been like, I'm not driving all the way out there. Yeah. But since it happened to be like around the corner from where I lived, I was like, nah, all right, I'll go, I'll go check it out. That's awesome. So who, who do you know that uh, got you involved in it first? Then it was basically just Trish. Okay. Yeah. And yeah she yeah, told yeah. me to come check out the open mic uh, because Chino was running it, mm. and uh, and he was hosting it. And then once I got introduced to the comedy scene, I immediately, like. When I first started, when I first moved here... So you I, lived with Sonny Dennison for a while, right? No. I, I did. Uh, I, I actually met Sonny through comedy, and then he, I was looking for a place to live for a month, and uh, he, he let me stay with him for a while. And so mm-hmm. that kind of we kind of became friends that way. Um, but what, when I first moved to the island, I was working for Enterprise, and uh, not a lot of people that like to kind of party at Enterprise. It wasn't a very conducive place to like. That's meet, actually really surprising. Meeting like-minded <laughs> people that like, yeah. I think uh, my manager had no idea that I was stoned every day. He's just like, "Wow, Vince, you look really tired." He t- I'm like, "Yeah, I haven't had my coffee yet, boss." <laughs> like even like oblivious, you know. Like I want to be at least with people that can call me out. Like oh, that guy's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like some immigrant mom, I'm like, oh, you look very tired. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was when I was back in Philly, I pulled out a weed brownie in the car while my mom was driving me to the airport, and she's like, oh, it smells like somebody hit a skunk. I was like, oh, that's so innocent and adorable <laughs> that my mom would say that. <laughs> You're just warm, oh, I should smoke weed more often around you, mom. That was great. <laughs> yeah, and then I eventually left that job and started working in a restaurant because I missed the restaurant industry. And uh, if you work in a restaurant, everybody just gets down. Everybody parties in the restaurant industry. It's like a nonstop party. And so then I started to meet more like-minded people. But once I ha- started hanging out with the comedy people, I had, I had never seen such a bohemian group of people. Everybody was just kind of on the same page as me. We all liked to, we all liked to, to you know, hallucinogens and smoking weed and getting drunk and uh, everybody was kind of on the same page as me too, kind of ideologically. Yeah, totally. And everyone I mean, wants that's to riff and have fun with it. That's where I met Chuck for mm-hmm. the first time, and now Chuck is one of my best friends. You know, that's where I met Chino and uh, became friends with Chino and Sonny Dennis and Pauline. Almost all the people that I hang out with now, Mike Ends, all the people that I consider my good friends on Maui, uh, present company excluded. I'm going out of my way not to mention you. <laughs> no, please. Yeah, tell me more about people. And also like to a lesser me. extent, Willie Simon, our host. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, all, all those people are now pretty much my only friends on the island. Yeah. And it's just because uh, we, we were all so like-minded that we, we kind of formed these friendships that have withstood the test of time. 
That's awesome. Yeah, no, and you, everyone's in the, interested in the same thing, and everyone has the same vibe. Because, like, you meet other people who like to party and do whatever, you know, and but uh, they still get thrown off when you are making jokes all the goddamn time. You know right. What I mean? But, like, like, even people like Ted, he doesn't smoke weed, but he likes to drink whiskey, and so we'll go over his house and drink whiskey and smoke cigars. Yeah. And debate the existence of God, which I still haven't won him over on. <laughs> <laughs> But he knows. He, thing, he won't though. admit it, but he knows. <laughs> That's a, Ted, you big, dumb Catholic me. idiot. It's <laughs> not even Catholic. He's like whatever the Da Vinci Code was based on. <laughs> Baptist? I don't know. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, you're a musician. Also, you... Uh, you have a really cool credit. Uh, you were listed in a, or you had an AV Club article written about <laughs> you and your band, um, the Sea People, which was, is a punk cover band of South Park songs. It, is that right? Yeah, technically, it's C, it's South Park songs and also DVDA songs. If you're familiar, <laughs> DVDA is Matt Stone and Trey Parker's band, and uh, we we also cover some songs from some of the some of their. Um, their movies, like we cover America, fuck yeah, from Team America, World Police, and stuff like that. But it's mostly that's already a punk song too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's a rock song, but you can always anything can always be sped up and made just less intelligible. A, just add another snare on, <laughs> on the end beat. Yeah, that's pretty much all you gotta do. Uh, but yeah, so we were both that that happened. Uh, we were both working in a restaurant. And uh, we were both in punk bands. Our bands had played together, and but we didn't know that both that we were both really into South Park. Like not just kind of into South Park, but like really almost too much into South Park. <laughs> and we both had like these secret South Park affinities, but we had never talked to each other about it. And then one day, I randomly brought up this obscure like James Taylor song was playing on the radio, and I was like, "Oh, that's the song that Chef is parodying when he's singing that song about prostitutes." And my friend. <laughs> knew exactly what I was talking about and he was like wait you like South Park and I was like you like South Park and it was like and that scene in the like movie that, yeah like tenacious D yeah like, we like now. held hands and spun each other around it was great and so <laughs> we are like we should get together and cover South Park songs in like a punk style and we started doing that and we recorded them uh, for a while we lived together and we recorded them uh, in, in the basement uh, just because we thought it was funny you know, it was something that we took great pleasure in, and then we would sit around and li- listen to all the songs and laugh. Mm-hmm. And then a couple years went by. I moved out here, and I hadn't seen him in a while. And so I made like a Bandcamp website or something like that uh, for just so I could post all the songs online so we could listen to them. Yeah. And uh, somehow it got picked up by like Reddit got a hold of it, and then through Reddit, AV Club got a hold of it, and they. They linked to our Bandcamp website, and we got, like, 10,000 hits of these (laughs) South Park punk cover songs. And it just goes to show you, no matter what your crazy little niche is, because of the world that we live in and social media and technology, there's always somebody out there, no matter what you're into, there's somebody out there that's also going to appreciate it. So no no matter how, how crazy or kooky your idea is, if you put effort into it, people will appreciate that. Or, yeah, seriously, and 
That's, uh, did anything ever come of that? Or uh, did you well, ever get invited to a tour or something? We never got <laughs> we never got invited on a tour. The only thing is because it got picked up by a couple like uh, like Barstool and some other a couple other like weird obscure like internet music zines or whatever. Mm. Um, my only hope is that somehow somebody's got somebody that works with Matt Stone and Trey Parker has some sort of South Park news alert. And they at least showed it to them and said, hey, look at these knuckleheads. And maybe they listened to one of the songs. That's all. All we can hope is that... that they was, enjoyed a little my bit My biggest aspiration is that one of them heard it and maybe laughed and thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> that that would make have made my whole Sea People career That'd be awesome. all worthwhile. Actually, that would be a pretty beautiful ending to it. You but know, you know what's I mean? funny is that uh, somebody like in Australia listened to the song. On Bandcamp, you have the option to charge for songs or have them up for free. And then, even if they're for free, there's an option where you can allow people to donate money to you. And so, for a while, I had even that turned off. Like, don't even allow people to give us any money for this. And Bandcamp was like, hey, you know what? You should at least enable this so you don't have to charge people, but maybe if they want to give you money, you can take it. <laughs> you were like, it. please don't give us money. I was like, please don't get, do not encourage us. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to work. I don't have time to <laughs> go down this rabbit hole anymore. But then I, I took the thing off, and somebody actually bought one of the songs for, like, $10. And so I sent my friend, like, a check for $5. I was like, we actually got paid after all these years and all that effort. We actually got we actually made a little bit of scratch off of it. You got so. some royalty money. Yeah. So, uh, Bought an ice cream cone or something. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's it's just... It was it was the perfect end cap to what would, had always been an inside joke, was for it to have actually gain some traction just made the joke even funnier to us it didn't make us care about the project <laughs> it just made it funnier and then uh i went I, I was living out here at the time and uh i when i went back to philly we actually played a show at a bar and so really? we, we were able to plug ourselves and say like oh these uh this this band that was featured by the av club <laughs> They've been on AV Club. We're gonna, we're actually gonna play a show at this bar. So if you're in the Philadelphia area, feel free to swing by. Are you sitting on the middle of the calendar? I'm sitting on my oh, wallet okay. really hard, make my yeah. blood sweat more than it should. And so that I think that was our our only aspiration was that maybe one day we would play a show and get it out of our system once and for all. And so we did, and we did. That's great. That that's, was a lot of fun. That's a perfect like. Like Hollywood ending for it, almost. Yeah. Like Matt Stone and Trey Barker jamming out to it, and you guys playing your first show. <laughs> I mean, I can see it. Dude, you guys should. I, we're writing the Sea People biopic. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. This is like behind the music, yeah. the Sea People. <laughs> I'd watch the Sea People biopic. It would be awesome. But I mean, if, if Just anything. People playing music a little bit like five years ago and then doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> And then like, oh yeah, people like this guy. That's weird. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, like I almost forgot about this. <laughs> but what happened was, it, it almost happened by accident because my friend told another friend of his, like, who was another, who was also a big South Park fan. He told his friend about it, and he's like, oh, that sounds really cool, like a South Park punk cover band. That's really cool. Yeah. And then uh, he called me and told me about that, and that's what made me make the the Bandcamp website because I was like, oh, we haven't even talked about this in a while. Let's make a website so we can listen to the songs and kind of laugh about it again. Uh, and then it ended up on the internet, and the same person that my friend John had told about 
accidentally saw some news article online about it. <laughs> and he was like, hey, I know this is going out on a limb, but didn't you say you were in a South Park punk cover band? Because there's... I'm reading this article. I think it was on bar stores or one of those websites. He's like, I'm, or like Amped or something. He's like, I'm reading this article about a, a Philadelphia-based South Park punk cover band. Any chance it's the same one? And my friend sent me the article, and I was like, I don't even believe this. Like, it's not like I sent it out to news outlets. Somebody got a hold of it, and somebody else saw the article by accident and brought it up to us. I mean, it's almost possible that we would never would have realized that it had even appeared in the AV club or in any type of online thing. It was just by accident that somebody saw it and mentioned it, and we're like, holy shit. That's so weird. Yeah, like one of the few people who knew that you guys were in Yeah, the also band. happened to run across the article online. Like, the odds of that ever happening were so astronomically <laughs> against us. That's hilarious. Were you, uh... It was a fun story. Yeah, no, that's... That's about all you can want out of that, too. If, like, that's, if, that really is. If nothing else, the whole thing was just an extension of our fandom mm-hmm. for the show. Because it just goes to show how, even though South Park, the, the, the brilliant part about South Park is that they can make joke uh, these joke songs that are about poop, the circle of poop and conjoined fetus twin mislexia lady, but actually have music behind it and have it have staying power to the point where somebody can take that song and cover it and uh yeah, yeah just reinvent with it you know that's i mean don't forget uh it, after like the second season of south park they made a movie which was a musical that almost won an oscar they almost won an oscar for the south park musical and they lost best song to phil collins for that tarzan song that's uh, a goddamn shame what, yeah. what were they nominated for uh, they were nominated for, I believe it was Blame Canada. <laughs> and then at the Academy Awards that year, Robin Williams did a live version of Blame Canada at the Academy Awards. That's incredible. So that's you can see that on YouTube. It's it's uh, a live like theatrical version of the song Blame Canada with Robin Williams leading the song. It's pretty amazing. That's, that's awesome. You can look that up on YouTube right now. It's, it's one of the greatest things out there. I like the... Uh... Or like Trey Parker, and uh, they they used to do, or Trey Parker and Stone used to do like musical stuff in college too. Like, right? You ever see the old uh, those music Cannibal videos? the Musical? Yeah, and I, actually, I didn't know they did another musical. <laughs> they they did a, they did Cannibal the Musical was their first movie. Oh. And it's uh, just a musical about these uh, these guys that were like settlers and they froze to death or whatever and had to eat each other. But then I think that was. Then they use that to kind of springboard into the whole South Park thing. Uh-huh. Actually, that's not that's not the story, but that was that was kind of the first thing that they worked on together, and then uh, they got famous for South Park. Oh, okay. The South Park thing got picked up. Yeah, that so. was like the Christmas special that they had, right? Wasn't yeah, they that? had a they had a Christmas special that they were hired to f- like freelance make like this Christmas card, and then they turned this animated Christmas card into a little special, and then that got picked up and uh, turned into South Park. So funny. Well, then, the first episode of South Park is actually made with cardboard before they switched over to computers. I thought they... How long did they do uh, cardboard, do you know? Because I thought it was the whole like first season. Uh, I believe it's only the first episode, and then from that point on, it's... Uh, maybe the first season is cardboard. Because it's all really... Or construction like, paper, rather. Um, I, I think it's... Uh, it was done differently. The, the very first episode has an entirely different look than the rest of the first season, 
and even though the first season does have a have a rougher look to it, it's not. I don't think it's done exactly the same way. It still might be construction paper, but it's shot differently. Yeah, like the like first episode is pretty much like if you and me made it our own episode of South Park, what it would look like. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the rest of the season, the animation's not great, but it's a little tighter. Okay. The shadowing's a little better. Yeah. I think. Yeah. No. Well, you can see like the shadows of the. The actual like construction, the construction paper, construction yeah. Paper on the first episode. Yeah, that. exactly. Well, yeah, no, that's that's true, though, how uh, they have a history of making, like, good music, like, show tunes. Like, well, they did the whole Book of Mormon. Right, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, like, flash, flash forward, like, 15 years later, and they're not just winning, but sweeping the Tonys. <laughs> sweeping the Tonys, <laughs> the Book of Mormon. And it's still, it's, it's a combination of them being... Uh, Trey Parker is very musically inclined. He's mm. he's uh, almost a savant. He's just he's got it all going for him. Yeah, that guy's brilliant. And so you you take that the the silly kind of toilet humor satire and add add like really high quality music to it, and uh, you know the sky's the limit. Yeah, seriously. That's well, how you that, sweep the Tonys. And then they make it an episode about them in the Tonys too, like in South Park. Like that's how hard these guys work. Like all the time. Like it's right. so impressive. Like what they do on that show. Like really. Like uh, that'd be. This would be my uh, my sea people thing. I think it's like wow. I hope Trey Parker and Matt Stone listen to us talking about South Park. <laughs> <laughs> but the even I got. but uh, like those great things happen through like these weird coincidences, and that's what if you remember South Park did uh, did the episode. Uh, I believe it's in season seven about Mormons, mm-hmm. where, they, where it's all the dum 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 that episode. Yeah, uh, and they really, they really tear apart the religion, but then at the end bring it all back together and say, you know what, We're, you can believe in whatever you want to believe, but it's just about being a good person and bringing your family together, and so you know, just grow up. You yeah, know, right. that, that's what works for me. So you don't have to rip on it. Uh, and then later on down the line. Uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker were they were thinking they wanted to do some sort of musical and they ran into this guy who was a, a musical producer for certain Broadway shows and he was like he told him he's like I always wanted to, I always thought it would be cool to do a musical about Mormons and Matt Stone and Trey Parker had always wanted to do a musical about Mormons and they had even done the Mormon episode about South Park <laughs> and they're like we can't believe that you would say that because that's also what we've always wanted to do. Like, it's something so crazy, but so, like, the three of them were so passionate about it that they began working on it and everything just took off from there. That's hilarious. That's like you and your friend. Yeah. Like, you like South Park? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, that's it's, it's, it's if, all, if you're all passionate yeah. about something, no matter how ridiculous or how off the wall it may seem, if you put effort into it and you're passionate and you care about it, it's going to show in your work. Yeah, totally. And people will follow you through it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's not like. Are you familiar with the? Two, are you familiar think? with the Yellow River Boys? Um, I'm not sure. Okay, so Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric, mm. he has a band. He he has a, a side project band, and the band is like a blues, like a like a blues rock band. Uh, and the music's actually really good, but all the lyrics are about drinking piss. <laughs> all the lyrics to all the songs are about drinking piss, and like the like one of the songs is called "Hot Piss Drinker." <laughs> there's it's another. Not even subtle. There's another song called "Slurp It Up," and 
It's so it's so ridiculous, but the the music that. is so good, and they take the music part of it so seriously that it's just it's amazing. Yeah, it becomes listenable. <laughs> it becomes listenable, and it's like there's no way to review it because it's a great country rock album for people who want to listen to songs about drinking piss. And if you listen That's to the hilarious. lyrics, the lyrics are actually hilarious. Like. It's from the point of view of a guy who's, like, totally into drinking piss. And all the songs are hilarious. And, uh, yeah, it's an, it's an amazing thing to listen to. The name of the album is Urinal Street Station. It's got, like, a picture of a train on the front. It's great. That's amazing. Well, that's like Walk Hard. It's, like, the same thing where they, they took the music seriously with Dewey Cox right. and stuff. Like, it wasn't all terrible, you know what I mean? It was, like, there's some pretty good, uh, yeah, like, ten- musically. It's Tenacious good, you know? D yeah, uh, and Flight of the Concords, where, mm. um, where it's not, it's, I don't like those comedians that, like, pick up a guitar and then think, like, that's gonna make them funny all of a sudden, mm. but musicians who are musicians first, but then can, are, decide to go the comedy route also... Uh, I feel is always stronger. Like, Tenacious D, like, those guys already played music before they met up with each other. Yeah. No, and they're both... And started doing comedy. Yeah, exactly. They crush on guitar. Uh, Like, Flight of the Concords. Those guys were musicians first before they were funny musicians, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah. Like I said, if you you take stuff seriously, no matter how... No matter how goofy it is, it'll... It'll... It'll work on some level. (laughs) Yeah, people will follow you through anything. Check out the album Urinal Street Station by the Yellow River Boys. It's it's phenomenal. Um, what uh, what other bands were you in before? I imagine Sea People wasn't your first musical venture. I so. <laughs> I was in uh, a band uh, when I was in high school called the Tuesday Blade or something like that. <laughs> we never we never wrote any songs or played any shows. <laughs> it was just, it was just kind of us jamming together. But then I was in a, I was in a punk band called Weatherfield, uh, with a couple, with a couple guys that I got introduced to, and uh, I played drums with them for a couple years, and we put out an EP and like two albums, and that was really fun. That was a really cool experience. Uh, we bought a van and we booked a tour down the East Coast, so we went down to Miami and played a show and played a couple shows like all along the East Coast and. Uh, just being in being in a band and being in that that like touring band environment uh, was just it was so fun. It yeah. was it was such a cool like adventure kind of road trip thing to do. Uh, that was great, and uh, we were always we were all in the punk at the time, and we really liked uh, that band Saves the Day, and so uh, a lot of our stuff kind of sounded like Saves the Day. We had sort of like this Philadelphia punk rock, raspy voice sound to us. We sounded like Lifetime actually this band lifetime uh and then i left that band and i was in like i was in this terrible metal band called steno uh which is steno is actually the name of one of the gorgons along with uh, medusa medusa the snake haired chick she is a gorgon Mm. and steno was another one of the gorgons um lesser known gorgon yeah that band sucked, B-list and then it. we kicked out the guitar, one of the guitar players and the singer, and started a different band called Causeway, and uh, that was like Philadelphia punk rock mixed with doom metal, and it was <laughs> very high concept. Uh, we recorded like one demo and played one show, and then 
I left the band and moved to Maui. Word. Where, uh, what cities did you uh, hit on the tour with that, uh, that first band? We played, uh, we played this little town in North Carolina that was like Nowheresville, North Carolina or something like that. And, uh, so you're like, oh, I'm going to get murdered here. This it was actually, we pull up and it's like at this rec center in the middle of nowhere. And we're like, oh my God, this, this show is going to be a total bust. Right. So we go to the local mall and start talking to people like, hey, there's a show tonight. You guys like punk rock, blah, blah, blah. And just trying to like sell CDs and get people ready for the show. And they're like, oh yeah, the show over at the rec center, we're going to be there. And then, like, everybody that we talked to was already going to the show. So, apparently, like, in a shitty small the town. Best promoted show. Yeah, no. <laughs> the whole town. Show. Yeah. It's just like, like, we were used to being in a place like Philadelphia where on any given night there's 10 bands and all kinds of stuff going on. And you have your, you have your choice of anything you want to do any night of the week, you know? Whereas if you're in a small town where nothing's going on, even some shitty local uh, local band punk show is like the talk of the town. And we, when we got there, not only was the place packed, but while we were playing, the kids were singing along with some of the lyrics to the songs. And we're like, we don't even know the lyrics to the songs. These kids have like done their homework and are singing along with the songs. I was like, I can't believe this is happening right now. That's amazing. And there was uh, this drunken, like, slutty 16-year-old chick who had a stuffed uh, Johnny Depp Pirates of the Caribbean, like, stuffed doll. And she gave it to us and told us to take pictures of it in different places along our tour. So I have this, like, series of photographs of my friend, like, all along the East Coast with this Johnny Depp, uh, like, stuffed pirate doll. (laughs) But it was great. We played. Uh, we played um, in uh, Gainesville, in Florida, which is uh, probably the hottest place I've ever been in my entire life. The most humid point like on the Gaines surface of the earth. In the heat. That's... Yeah, Gainesville is uh, the home of Beard Rock, which is uh, Beard Rock is a form like of top? Beard what? Beard Punk. It's uh, Against Me. The band Against Me is from Gainesville, and also uh, the band Hot Water Music is from Gainesville so they have a really cool little punk scene that comes out of there that's cool um, it's, it's where all the, all the gators are in Gainesville we played Miami we played uh, Fort Lauderdale in Florida and we made friends with this really cool other punk band and there was a guy in a wheelchair with a bunch of OJ at that show that was really cool <laughs> we bought a bunch of fireworks while we were in Florida and we got the because we were in a van we could drive them home with us so that was great Florida's a good time you don't want to stay very long in Florida but it's a good time yeah, I gotta get down there. Clearly, every but, time I hear about Florida, it's from my like ninety-year-old, like Boston uncles who are like, "We have a home and we have a boathouse. <laughs> it's like a house, but it's on the water." But it's on the water. <laughs> oh my God, I fucking hate this story. But um, yeah, that sounds like a lot more fun than boathouses. The uh, the best show that we played on the entire tour, hands down, was we were supposed to play. This is a great story. We were supposed to play in Georgia at a place called Vinny's Rock and Roll Pizzeria, and so we. Uh, we were supposed to be in. We were supposed to be somewhere the next day, and we're like, we got. We're gonna play Georgia, and then we're gonna head out. And uh, so we get there, and we get to the pizzeria, and uh, apparently the guy who owns it, Vinny, his father had just passed away. So the show had been canceled, and nobody contacted us and let us know. So she's like, uh, the, whoever was working there was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. There's no show tonight. Uh, everything's canceled. Like please leave so we start 
we start walking around and asking people, hey, do you know if there's like any bars around here that have live music? Maybe we can get on a show and maybe recoup some of our money somehow, you know? Yeah. And at least play a show because we don't have to be, we don't have to leave till tonight. <clears throat> so maybe we can find a show and weasel our way on somehow. So every person we ask is like, no, 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 no. And we're about to leave and pack it in. We're like, let's just go to the, let's just go to the next show and we'll get there early and hang out. And literally the last person that I asked was some guy who was, he was wearing like a rock band t-shirt on. So I, I was like, let's go ask this guy. And he, I was like, do you know anywhere where they have like live music or shows or anything like that? And he goes, oh yeah, there's a battle of the bands going on at the rock and rodeo tonight. We're like, what? <laughs> Where is the Rock and Rodeo? So we drive to the Rock and Rodeo. We find out who's promoting it. We sweet talk our way onto the show, and the lady even waves the entrance fee. There was supposed to be like a hundred dollar entrance fee. We explained everything to her. We're like, we just want to get up and play a show before we gotta leave town. This is in Valdosta, Georgia. Don't call Valdosta, Valdosta, Georgia. So we're, she's like, the only the only caveat is you have to go on last, uh, which is gonna be about two o'clock. And so anybody that's ever played a battle of the bands knows at two o'clock at the end of the show, there's nobody there because only the only people that stay to the end of the battle of the bands are the people in the bands because they have to find out who won at the end of the show. By then, everybody's gone. So we're like, you know, if we're not going to go on to two o'clock, there's not going to be anybody there. It might not even be worth playing the show. Maybe we should just pack up and head out. And I was like, no, let's stay and have a good time. So... They have three-dollar Long Island iced teas at the, at the Rock and Rodeo. Wow. We get absolutely Valdosta, Valdo, Georgia, Valdosta. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever one you said, don't call it something. <laughs> and then I called it that. <laughs> now I'm gonna I'm gonna get an idiot next time I go to Valdosta or Valdosta. Or Valdosta. You will you will never know. Uh, so. Valdosta, Georgia is actually near Russia. That's we get, like, blind, stinking drunk in the parking lot off $3 Long Island iced teas. Me and my bass player are, like, baking out the van and, like, throwing up in the parking lot. It's a, it's amazing, right? <laughs> We're talking right. to this guy who's who's telling us how hot his cousin is. Like, it couldn't have been more of, like, a stereotypical Georgian night, right? And so, finally, 2 o'clock rolls around. But what we didn't know because being from Philadelphia, is that the bars don't close at 2 o'clock in Georgia. In Georgia, the bars close at 4 o'clock in the morning. So Hell at 2 yeah. o'clock, the Rocking Rodeo is at maximum capacity. We are playing to the biggest <laughs> crowd that we've ever played to at this point. We're also, like, incredibly more hammered than we've ever been. So we get up, and we play. We're completely trashed, and we win the Battle of the Bands, is what I'd like to say, but we didn't because we were terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> but we got hammered and we had a great time. We sold a bunch of CDs and this slutty chick that was that guy's cousin who was telling us about his cousin how hot she was. Full circle. Uh, yeah, great. I start making out with her on stage after the show. Like the show ends, they start playing the house music. Everybody's dancing. I grab this girl, pull her up on stage with me, and. I'm supposed to be like breaking down my drum kit, but I'm like dancing on stage with this girl and making out with her, and it's great. That's awesome. It's 2:30 in the morning in Georgia, and it's just a great time. And then uh, we we pack up the van and we drove uh, we drove to the next show, and we got there in the morning and sweated all out on the beach. It was a great time. 
That's dope as shit. Going on tour with a punk band in your early 20s is a good time. Yeah, I should learn how to play guitar faster. Oh, <laughs> or <laughs> sloppier. Then you can just be in a punk band. <laughs> yeah, right? I can do slower punk, like Joyce Manor shit. There you be, go. That'll be nice. You don't have to be good to be in punk. That's why punk was exist. That's why punk exists. Because <laughs> it was a way for people that that didn't have they didn't have time to become great musicians but they had something to say uh-huh. it was a great way to kind of get that across the yeah, same totally. same way that uh, that uh, rap started was that there was a lot of people in the inner city that didn't have enough money to afford instruments but they could take a record and play it and then you know rap over it mm. and then they were able to get their point across too yeah totally well that's the same thing like stand up is kind of the same kind of punk rock kind of thing where it's like a bunch of people who just want to say some shit and it's a small tight-knit community of scumbags right. who probably aren't very talented. Yeah, stand-up comedy <laughs> is punk rock without music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, which is honestly, I can't get, can't imagine something lazier. <laughs> that's, that's about as lazy as it gets. But, uh... Like, know, you don't even, cool. this guy doesn't even have a harmonica? He's just the microphone? Come on. Yeah, it's, it's awesome though, you know what I mean? It's... Just your raw ideas, and yeah. the, the, ca- the caveat is you got to be funny. Yeah, but that's usually not how. It goes is there anything the more megalomaniacal shows? than thinking that you should be standing on stage with a microphone <laughs> and everybody else should just be quiet and listen to you? Yeah, exactly. There's not even a band behind you. Yeah, it's so <laughs> conceited. <laughs> You're not like, singing. <laughs> everybody, be quiet. I have to talk about Subway right talk. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's 45 minutes of me talking. <laughs> And that's it's. If you talk, then you're out of here. It's you a really $50. different. Yeah, it's it's a really different. Uh, I don't want to say paradigm, because that's one of those words that dumb people use to sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really weird. Like going from being like I'm not I'm not nervous being on stage, and uh, and playing in a band helped me out with that. But what's really different is. You're, you're used to being on stage in a band where you have other people to rely on. Yeah. And if things aren't going well, especially as a drummer, you can just kind of hide in the background, maybe slink down a little bit behind your drums where nobody can really see you. But uh, when you're on stage and it's just you and a microphone and a spotlight, that's really, it's really all on you. Yeah, you, and you're bombing. It's... The, and, oh, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very sobering experience to, like, even when... When you, when you're on when you're on stage with other people, it's not that bad when you when you're bombing. But when you're bombing alone by yourself, that's it's rough. Yeah, no, it's. I think everyone should have to go on stage and bomb a stand-up set once yeah. in their life, <laughs> just just to humble you. Because I used to play in uh, bands around here too, and like reggae bands and some rock bands, and uh, it was I played like lead guitar, and so in reggae bands you don't do a goddamn thing. Like, so it's great. Like you just you just stand there. If you miss a note, you're like, well, I don't have to play for their five minutes. So. <laughs> Sounds good. Sorry about that, guys. Take it away. Like, but here, if you, if you miss a joke on stand-up, you're like, all right, what's the next joke? And I hope they're still with me. Like, yeah, fuck. exactly. Like, <laughs> Which they're not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never, never hard. If you, well, if, it depends on how hard you bombed it up last time. <laughs> and if you did well before that. But So, uh... You talked about uh, film editing too. When did you uh, do film? Actually, did no, I've known you for three, four years now. I uh, I, I went know. to I went to Temple University in Philly for uh, for film and media. I actually started out. I got accepted to Temple for civil engineering. Did civil engineering for about a semester and a half. Made dean's list. 
decided that I didn't want to do civil engineering anymore and that I wanted to follow my true passion of film. And then uh, I started doing film. And then I, I graduated uh, almost on time. Despite <laughs> switching my major and having to play a lot of catch-up, uh, I still graduated uh, just a couple months late. Nice. Uh, but I still got to walk with the rest of my class because I was only like six credits behind. And that was the cutoff where you could still walk with the rest of your class and then make up the following credits uh, in summer school afterwards. And so uh, I was able to do that. So I, I graduated with a degree in film and media. Uh, nice. When I left there, I worked for a very small production company called Justice Productions based out of Philadelphia. And we shot a few small like commercials and... Um, like a, a, we shot a commercial for a guy who was uh, running for like city council, and then we got hired to film this documentary uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so we got to drive uh, as a production crew down to North Carolina and shoot this documentary, and then we brought it back up to Philly and edited it and everything. And That's awesome. Yeah, it what, was. What it, was it about? Uh, it was about this uh, this place called the Urban League of Charlotte and the Urban League was one of those places that uh, it's a non-profit organization that gets uh, troubled kids off the streets and gets them their GEDs and puts them through education programs and helps them get back out on the street and so we uh, we were sort of commissioned to come down here and make this like film about this non-profit organization and so that was really fun and uh, I did uh, I waited tables and I did like free like uh, kind of like freelance videography and stuff for a little while in Philly mm -hmm. and then uh, I moved out here nice have you ever thought about doing film projects out here uh, yes as a matter of fact uh, we when we shot the uh, the boob tube show mm -hmm. uh, Mike Boosh shot that and our friend Jay Coughlin shot that and then uh, I helped Mike I helped Mike Boosh edit some of that and uh, I edited the oh I didn't edit but I built the DVD for the um, the comedy circus show that we did, and I've done just like uh, sort of like small time film projects. I haven't really gotten into anything big time, uh, and yeah. I ne I never really pursued the whole videography thing out here. I've always just been more content just waiting tables and goofing off and uh, <laughs> keeping filmography and videography as sort of my own kind of personal passionate project. Yeah, totally. So every once in a while, I'll I'll get a wild hair up my ass and kind of break out the camera or, or do some sort of, like, film joke thing, you know? But, uh, yeah, it's something I, I, I do. Every once in a while, I get that itch where I, like, want to film something or film a show. Yeah, no, that'd be a... Uh... But my, my, the camera that I originally had broke, so uh, right now, someday I'm going to, like, break down and get an actual camera and... Yeah, you should, Actually man. start I, filming stuff again. I mean, the the island is ripe with people that want to do stuff. Yeah, so. no, well, we were talking about doing a, like, doing a thing on, um, like, on YouTube or something like that. I didn't realize that you even filmed stuff. Like, we had just been talking. Like, we talked about writing it, and you didn't mention once. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, that's like, it shows. It's just your passion project, you know? And I, I can... Yeah. That can be a thing, you know? People, you need to have those. I did, I did film a wedding for somebody. What happened was... Um, this girl tricked me into filming her way. <laughs> she was like, oh. But she, like, led you in with some, yeah, she, like, some cereal into, she did <laughs> into <this>. a cage. <laughs> like, ah, foiled again. I have to film. She was like, oh, I'm getting married, and I don't have anybody to film my wedding. And then she was, like, quiet for a really long time. 
and she's like, didn't you used to do, like, didn't you say you did, like, video stuff? And I was like, yeah. And then she just, like, was quiet again, and I was like, I mean, like, I could... And I was already regretting it, but I had already, like, started stalking. And I was like, I could, I could, shit, maybe, you know, videotape your wedding for you. She's like, oh, my God, could you? That'd be amazing, blah, blah, blah. Like, all right, I got to go. But thank you so much. And so, and uh, so actually, me and Mike Boosh shot this girl's wedding, and uh, I cut it all together for her and made her a DVD. That's hilarious. And you so got like it was nineteen twenties swindled. It was like one of the hottest things I've ever done. Like wearing like a for, like being like wearing like a sh- like a, a full shirt and pants and standing on a beach like in the middle of like at like noon, just like pouring sweat and videotaping this wedding. It was so hot and uncomfortable. <laughs> I give Bush a lot of credit for helping me out too. Yeah, shout out to that guy. Where'd he go? He uh, he moved to Milwaukee. What a bad idea. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. (laughs) Apparently, there's, like, this, like, prestigious nursing or doctor school. And his his girlfriend is a nurse. She has an actual career. And so... (laughs) Rubber bands that I was looking for. There's those rubber bands. All right. It's so funny. (laughs) You asked me for a lanyard earlier before we started. (laughs) And, And, like... I up till like a, a month or two ago, I had a lanyard in like my junk drawer, and I threw it away because I couldn't imagine any scenario where somebody would ask me for a lanyard. <laughs> and I even held it in my hand. It was like nobody will ever ask me for a lanyard. Like I said it out loud. <laughs> like it was like foreshadowing. Like I was in a show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, it was, and then smash, a couple episodes later, yeah, smash cut. No, smash cut yes. two. You asked me. <laughs> You asked me for a <laughs> lanyard, and it just cuts to me. I'm like, wah, wah. <laughs> the Arrested Development guy cuts in. Like, and that's when Vince made his mistakes, Vince. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> no lanyard, <laughs> So, yeah, yeah so, so I'm going to go stock up on lanyards, and I'll just have them for the rest of my life, and nobody will ever ask me for one ever again. Yeah, just in case some ill-prepared podcaster shows up. <laughs> You're like, hey, my mic doesn't fit into the mic stand. You got any lanyards hey, I can I need tie to, this to? <laughs> need to hastily throw something together. You got any lanyards? <laughs> no, what we have here is a bunch of some thin rubber bands and a hair tie, which honestly is making this podcast possible. Yeah, so thank so, you uh, to my girlfriend for leaving your hair tie here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to uh, Vince Girlfriend's hair ties. <laughs> <laughs> That's a biscuits and gravy reference. Literally holding your podcast together. <laughs> Vince's girlfriend hair time. Vince's so, girlfriend hair uh, You do uh, you do a radio show on Maui also that I I was just on actually this morning, uh, and so are you because it's your radio show. Yeah. How did uh, that all come together? Being a radio host. Uh, there was a, a radio show hosted by somebody named Larry John. Uh, he had a radio oh, show the called tub? The Tub. Right. Yeah. And I that. we were asked to as local comedians, uh, Chuck and I were asked to appear on it a couple times. So. We, we did it. We did the show a couple times, and we really enjoyed it. We had a really fun time doing that. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So then, because KAKU, the, the radio station, as I'm doing air quotes, uh, <laughs> that it's on, is not a real radio station. It's hard to describe. It's, <laughs> like, on, it's, it's like on a, the radio. It's like a public radio station. Did I just station, tell did I talk but... to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is on the radio. 
It's a radio station to the extent that it's on the radio, and they broadcast it. Like radio. this is a radio station. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you mean not at all? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but because uh, they they need content, so uh, Chuck talked to uh, the station manager Shaggy and said like, "Hey, do you think it would be possible that we did a radio show that would focus on the comedy stuff that's going on on Maui at the time?" And uh, he was totally into it, so we d- we did a, a demo for the show, and uh, it was good enough. So we started doing it, and that was that was over a year ago. Nice. And so the first episode is like the first couple episodes are like really shaky for a while mm. because we were trying to ha- we pretty much had the radio show before we had like a real premise for the radio show, <laughs> but then eventually we found our footing and. Uh, now we've we we're just cranking it out every week. Yeah. Once we found the good format that the show fits into, and we got our segments figured out, we went through a lot of different segments before we kind of found on the right ones that not only work that are that are funny, but also can be refreshed week to week. You know. Yeah, totally. So once we hit that format, then it just kind of took off, and it's it's really enjoyable for me. I really enjoy like uh, getting on the radio and just talking stuff out with Chuck every week and talking about the stuff that's going on, on the island and comedy events and that's why I like when you're on because you're also a big comedy fan not only do you do stand-up comedy but you're very knowledgeable about you'll you'll bring up comedians and stuff that I've never heard of and then I'll go check out their stuff and be like hey this is really good yeah no I, I like this shit you know it's uh gives you purpose sometimes you know yeah sitting so- in a dark room watching someone else make you laugh you're like how can I be sad ever <laughs> right and <laughs> what's funny is, is because it's like a radio station you don't really think that anybody's listening like you're never really going to get noticed or recognized or anything like that yeah. but every once in a while we'll find out that somebody actually listened to a radio show we threw we had a show a stand-up show I think it was the Sammy Obade show maybe and somebody showed up at the show saw Chuck and was like hey you're the guy from biscuits and gravy I recognize your voice. We heard you on the radio. We're here on vacation, and we heard about the show, so we decided to come out and check it out. And wow, more blown away we could not be. We were like, "Wait, what? Really? Like, Wait, who, am, am I being punked right now? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Ashton Kutcher at? Like, like who really? Who put you up to say that? But it, it was it was funny. Like, you know, that people say like if you could just reach one person. And that's what we've done, is we've literally reached one person. <laughs> so it's all been worthwhile. Yes, that's a success, right? Yeah. If you inspire one person, then you've passed the torch along. But, uh, yeah. I don't really know. It's nice. You've, you've given me a lot of time to, like, talk about this show, where we gave you, like, 12 seconds at the end of the show to plug your podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, don't forget to plug your podcast. Never mind. <laughs> Well, because Chuck's just like, I love Chuck, but he's just always talking on the show. You know what I mean? Like, the whole time. He turned our mics off so he could talk today. Like, fuck that guy. Like, we were saying shit, and he's like, all right, my turn. Just turned our mics off. That's why we only have one mic in Willigan's Island. He rolls biscuits and gravy with an iron fist, yeah. that Chuck. He told me today, he's like, hey, leave your car at my house. I'll give you a ride to town, and uh, I'll take you back afterward. And I get there, and he's like, yeah, I got to do some errands after, so you're hanging out with me all day. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's about to go get his phone fixed and meet his girlfriend or something. I'm like, what the fuck, Chuck? I'm not your dog. <laughs> I'm not even, like, not even a friend. This is, this is, 
<laughs> like dog treatment. So, so I said, you know, leave you in the car with, with the windows <laughs> rolled up and the AC on yeah, while exactly. he's in the store. <laughs> no, I love that guy, but yeah. Well, it's cool. You're you like, guys are some of the only. And then you're like, well, can we at least get something to eat? He's like, I'm not hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the only time in the history of the universe that Chuck has not been hungry. <laughs> It was only in the least convenient time. <laughs> when I'm trying to find silver lining, he's not hungry. That's, <laughs> that's pretty reckless. Oh, that's great. That's hilarious. Good, no, but, great guy, though. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's awesome or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because yeah. the, the show was so good today that we actually, I didn't realize that we had gone we had gone long. So at the end of the yeah. show, we had to kind of wrap everything up really fast, where as normally we would have given you plenty of time to plug your show. No, totally. Yeah, but, uh, you want to feel, yeah, so. we've got plenty of time here, so feel free to plug your podcast on your own podcast. <laughs> if you're you not already listening to Willigan's Island, can I plug uh, the other Willigan's Island? If you like swing remixes, <laughs> I want to plug Willigan's Island. No apostrophe s. <laughs> also. Uh, Will- follow Willigan's Island on Twitter. Uh, Willigan's <laughs> Island on Twitter is uh, a delicious brand of Louisiana hot sauce. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, oh, Willigan's Island so hot sauce. I really think a bad name for this podcast. It's so hard to find. <laughs> oh man! You find the uh, it, it, the hot sauce looks really good though, and it's made in uh, Baton Rouge. That's like back in the country too, and so it's like. It's Louisiana grown hot sauce. It's like it's real a, hot sauce. Yeah. Like they should have a Twitter. Yeah, like you shrink heads in it and that kind of thing. <laughs> deep Louisiana hot sauce. And uh, I'll have to check out Willigan's Island swing remixes because that. Uh, yeah, apparently they're. They that exist. Like <laughs> no, they're the greatest swing mixes out there. Just like on the on uh, Bandcamp, there's another there's another Sea People like the Sea People. So you have to make sure you go to the right one, which yeah. is funny because I was like, oh, there's already a Sea People band. Clearly, they're the legitimate Sea People. And then <laughs> and then our band ends up blowing up accidentally <laughs> for no As reason. A bit, and they're, like, trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hope I make Willigan's Island Swing Remixes famous. But that means I'd have to be popular <laughs> first, too. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It all, it's all very uh You, you could both, like, equally compete for the most views. Yeah, most we can listens. blow each other up, maybe. <laughs> Willigan's Island, contact me at Willigan's Island Pod, because I couldn't use Willigan's Island at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> please, if you're not using it, please relinquish your Gmail account. Yeah, please let me know if I can have it. Also, Willigan's Island on like, Twitter. I don't know are, if... Uh, what is that, what's that called when you wait out a URL just to... Like, when you stake out a URL just so you can sell it to somebody else? wasting your time yeah. <laughs> no there's a there's a word for that actually because people make a lot of money doing that oh yeah you buy up urls that people might be able to use you just buy up pun yeah pun names like i, know, I but, wish i had like president donald trump.com or something like that like <laughs> like two years ago when everybody thought that would be impossible and then <laughs> I bet you could you could have got it in on the ground floor on something like that and then now so they would have had to buy it off for you for million do- millions of dollars. Yeah, they fucked up, dude. Like, in Iraq, there was no there was no McDonald's, so somebody, like, moved to Iraq and opened, like, some shitty restaurant called McDonald's, so that when they finally uh, opened Iraq, once, once Iraq accepted our freedom, <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's finally, like, opened up, uh, like, a store there, but they had to pay the people that were, with that had done the mcdonald's thing they had to pay them out 
for the name McDonald's. That's a great idea. Yeah. Just move to not underdeveloped countries, but like re-underdeveloped countries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just find those country that doesn't have McDonald's and just wait it out. It'll yeah, be right. worth it in the long run. <laughs> the Burger King? Just, pa- no. just like a Pakistan McDonald's. <laughs> just <laughs> like actually, I don't think call. this is worth it. No matter how much <laughs> yeah. McDonald's pays me for this. Yeah, how would you do it in India? You'd Living in like, Pakistan. No beef, is... no matter what. Yeah, exactly. They, we've got great fries you can and call shakes. It Indian McDonald's. <laughs> Indian McDonald's. <laughs> it's all curry. And no, like, this is actually British food. I'm... There's there's a, a Burger King that existed before actual Burger King. I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's somewhere in like Southern California. And actual Burger King is not allowed to operate within like two mile radius of that Burger King. Really? Because they, yeah, they have the copyright on... So these two Burger Kings have restraining orders? <laughs> <laughs> it's not very kingly. Yeah, so they're, they're like the only place that's actually allowed to be called Burger King because they were Burger King first. Wait, how come other Burger King got to be Burger King, even though Burger King was... Well, it, it started off in a different state, probably, and then uh, once they franchised it into that state, they were not... Whoever owned the rights to it was like, no, <laughs> we'll be Burger King. Which, Burger King probably offered them way more money than they'll ever make from operating some Chantilly-run burger operation. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, without a doubt. But maybe it's just some guy that... This Burger King's been in my family for whatever. Yeah, or some Mexican. Like, damn it! (laughs) (laughs) This was a good idea. I know it. (laughs) I just wasn't quick enough. Yeah. Or white enough, or whatever it is. Too bad. The '70s were a hard time for me. Oh yeah. So we should. uh, I mean, there's what like uh, Five Guys Burgers and Fries. Yeah, Five Guys. They're good. They're one of my favorite burger places. There's not one in Hawaii yet. So we should open up Five Guys and wait for them to show oh, up. Oh, that'd be a great idea. Yeah. It's just Five Guys, Burgers, and Fries, and it's just like a shell corporation. It's just like an empty, abandoned <laughs> we building. Ma- we sell macadamia nuts and <laughs> fake MacBooks. <laughs> like the MacNuts Five store. Guys, Burgers, and Fries, and MacNuts. <laughs> it's a great business model. Selling, selling Mac nuts and waiting out five guys to, to buy us out of our, <laughs> and our out the inevitable the five guys payoff. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Nobody take that idea. Great. That's, that's, that's exclusively. Hopefully, Vince nobody Fody listens to this podcast. Yeah, right. This is an episode. This is going to be a lost episode until we open <laughs> this until five guys. <laughs> They're gonna find this in the vault. They're gonna be like, "Wow, yeah. good idea." Lost that was. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the Swing Willigans Island never blew up. They never exactly. got plugged from this episode. <laughs> they disappeared into obscurity. <laughs> That's why the Sea People never did a Europe tour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it didn't get to blow up like that. <laughs> One lack of interest. Two no being not being plugged retroactively on this podcast. Yeah, on Willigans Island. <laughs> By the way, I didn't realize when I saw the the, the picture for Willigan's Island mm-hmm. isn't the Gilligan's Island picture. It's a picture taken from, like, a Kihei Beach. Yeah, it's yeah. from the cove. And yeah, it's from the cove. And so it took me, like, I had to look at the picture, like, three times before I realized there was, like, a guy stand-up paddleboard 
on there, and then it was like the thing in the background with the windmills. I was like, oh my god, that's Maui. That's not actually Gilligan's Island. Yeah, no, it's Willigan's it's Island. It's Island. <laughs> I was like, now it makes well, total I made sense. the distinction. I was like, that's not... <laughs> Don't try to show me Gilligan's Island and call it Willigan's Island. That's not gonna fly. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play you guys for fools. I, I treat my listeners clearly, in the highest regard. Clearly, a different island altogether. <laughs> I want to do a uh, a picture of me doing the salute like Gilligan. Have you ever seen? I can't show people in the pocket, but it's like this, it's like the, the stupidest looking salute. And he's like, it's, it's on the, his the eyes. carpal tunnels. It's like halfway up his eye, and he's got his wrist all the way up like it's a dolphin. Like, <laughs> it's awesome. And so that's what I'm trying to eventually get to, that kind of uh, uh, legitimacy. <laughs> you should have Chuck dress up as the skipper and hit you over the head with his hat. That'd be perfect. No, literally, as many <laughs> Gilligan's Island bits as I can do on this is the better. It'll just make me, it'll make my SoundCloud look better. <laughs> Visually, you know, like. You should do, like. Ginger, Marianne, and the rest don't do like the like <laughs> the professor and Marianne do like the original version where it was just and the rest. <laughs> you just have ran- pictures of random people and it's just and the rest. Get Jake off. There's a great Simpsons episode where Homer's like, "Oh, I'm gonna miss little Bart, little Marge, little Lisa." And the rest, and it just shows like the cat, the dog, Maggie, and the TV. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> yeah, and they're all like hitting home runs. Like little Bart, and he hits a home run. <laughs> little Lisa, <laughs> swinging a bat. <laughs> little Marge, she's swinging a bat. For no reason. <laughs> yeah, no rest. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Simpsons episode. That's what we should do. We should uh, watch Simpsons episode. Yeah. All right. That's um, pretty great. This has been an hour and 15 minutes. I mean, oh, we this went do... a lot longer than I expected. This went really well. I was like, I'm going to start sweating profusely around 15 minutes and just call it a day. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a... Uh, I know you do the radio all the time, so this is probably, like, way bigger time Well, it's nice to not be actually, like... actually, people care about podcasts. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're not, like, getting rushed out the door so the next person can come in and do the ra- their radio show. Yeah, literally, I hope to Christ I don't do another podcast today. <laughs> 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 me too. This is enough <laughs> podcasting for for one lifetime. Yeah, how many ideas can I vomit out? <laughs> yeah, but it's great. I mean, this is the the cool thing about digital media versus uh, like broadcast is that the the great thing about like HBO shows and Netflix shows is that uh, like you can have one episode that's forty nine minutes and then you can have another episode that's an hour and six minutes because not every show not every story that you want to tell can be wrapped up neatly in a little package in exactly 23 minutes or oh, yeah or 50 was it 50 49 minutes how yeah, long is something it like that. or yeah like a, like an amc hour show is like 47 minutes or something like 43 minutes yeah and i mean like to to say that a show has to be exactly that length is ridiculous you know mm. whereas this is it's you can allow things to resolve on their own initiative. Yeah, no, exactly. It's uh, it's the joy of the internet, you know? Like, there's YouTube shows, and there's Vimeo shows, and, like, right. things can be like, oh, this episode's 20 minutes, and this episode's 25, and this is only 13, you know? Right. However much time you need to uh, to get everything done. And, you know, the internet's really cool, man. I couldn't get a show on the radio also, you know what I mean? And just because I had this mic and garage band <laughs> and a slight fall like following in comedy you know what I mean like all of a sudden 
this kind of matters. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's really cool. Like I, I'm, uh, I'm happy with that. Anyone can be, or give themselves the illusion of being important now, which is kind of a problem. But right. If uh, if you use it right, it can be actually something cool. I think. So. Because I I think it's a it's a two edged sword because. Um, Back in the day, there was so many. There were so many talented people, but so many people never got discovered. Yeah. And now, now it's just oversaturated. Yeah. Uh, and and that's the thing is that there's so many people that get their moment in the sun, but at the same time, those people that that are bound for stardom will not get overlooked. Everybody yeah. has a shot equally. You know, it's an even playing field. No, totally. So there's never gonna be any like lost great talents because they never got they never got the exposure they never got discovered you know think how many great bands there were out there that just never got discovered and never got record deals so you never heard of them you know if if, like in the 70s if you didn't get discovered by somebody and get a record nobody was ever going to hear any of your music ever Mm. you know even if you were the next fucking john lennon or now everything is recorded and everything is out there on the internet so even though there's there's an abundance of content the content that is really good is going to eventually rise to the top. No, exactly. So, uh, so be listening, people who uh, can make me famous. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, <laughs> keep, keep 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 listening. There's like a record executive like sitting back in his chair, like this kid's got it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> this is the greatest swing remix I've ever heard. <laughs> He's eating Louisiana hot sauce. Like, yeah. This Louisiana hot sauce is delicious. You're going to be a star. Be a star, Willigan. You're covering everything. It's a hot sauce executive. Yeah, so close. I just got signed to a five-year, five-album hot sauce contract. Yeah. I don't know what this means. Wrong Willigan's Island. Oh, well. I mean, that's how, that's how Garfield the movie happened, right? Bill Murray thought it was a different Cohen. He thought it was a Co- one of the Cohen brothers that was ro- that wrote it, but it was just a random person whose last name was Cohen. That's amazing. And so Bill Murray signed on to the project thinking it was one of the Cohen brothers, and then realized and the she <laughs> was like, "Well, this isn't the guy from Fargo, but <laughs> let's make the best of a bad situation. Yeah. Let's get a now explain Garfield get... too." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can't. It's an anomaly. It's like the ripples in space time that NASA's trying to figure out. Why did we make Garfield two? Yeah, that you had an out for the first one. (laughs) Yeah, I I really thought he was the Cohen brother. I I forgot. How many Coens could there be? Right. This time it's got to be one of them. Oh, it's the same one again. How foolish of me. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame, shame on, on you. Shame on Garfield. <laughs> shame on shame. Dermal. Yeah. <laughs> Fool me twice. Is that the Coen brothers? <laughs> Bill Murray is still cool, though. He's the only person that could do something like that and still just get away with it. <laughs> yeah, and keep his rep totally yeah. intact. <laughs> David Cross, how many How many uh, Alvin and Chipmunk movies has he done? Oh, too many. Yeah, yes. I mean, he... <laughs> is that David Cross? David Cross. He actually no. <laughs> He actually addresses this either in one, of his, in one of his stand-ups or on a podcast or something. He talks about how 
people were calling him a sellout for doing the Alvin and Chipmunks movie, and he's like, I resent that. But then he's like, well, then I thought about it, and I was like, well, yeah, you're kind of right. I am kind of am a sellout, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he had anything to do with Alvin and Chipmunks. I'm pretty hurt right now, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I watched the Squeakle. <laughs> I want to be like, did you? But like, you probably did. And <laughs> I did. You watch a lot of shit. <laughs> if you can, if you can sit through five seasons of Homeland, you can get through anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even like Homeland. <laughs> I hate Sons of Anarchy, and I watched the, all of it. There's like seven seasons of it. <laughs> no, it's like oh, is that the guy from My Name Is Earl? That's fucking. I'll, I'll watch that. I'll watch anything he's in. <laughs> Jason like, Lee, baby? Hell yeah. It's like, I, I started watching Lost, and then I started talking to people because I didn't like it, and I started talking to people and talking shit on it, and they're like, well, you, I mean, you got no room to talk because you haven't seen the whole thing. So then I watched all of it just so I could talk about how I didn't like it, and be like, oh no, I saw all of it. Let me tell you. I'm justified when I tell you I've wasted my time. I've heard it only gets worse, too. Is that, like, they get to the gas monster, and then... This, they, they never explain what the I'm smoke confused. monster is. Every every episode of Lost raises more questions than it answers. It's it was a very disappointing show. But here's the whole thing about Lost is that was that it JJ like JJ Abrams wrote it to be like a six episode miniseries, and it did so well that ABC was like, well, let's just do like ten seasons of it. <laughs> I mean, we're making tons of money off of it, so let's just stretch it out for no reason. And then they're like, well, I mean we have no idea how we're going to stretch this small concept out into this much time, but hey, put enough money on the table, we'll do anything. Yeah, right. can make I'll anything sell, happen. I'll sell out for very low amounts of money, so that's, I totally understand. <laughs> that's like that show The Dome, Stephen King's The Dome. It was supposed to be a, it was supposed to be a one-season miniseries that followed the events of the book, and then it got so popular that halfway through, they're like, well, we got to do more than one season, so we'll just would just change the course of the series and set it up so that we can just do multiple seasons of it. And they totally destroyed the whole concept and the show went off the rails and then it got canceled because it was terrible. It's like you should have just... tried to wring money out of it. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's what I like to call Showtime Syndrome. It's that when Showtime gets a hold of a good show, they'll let it go so long that it just becomes terrible. So they will. Showtime will run every show into the ground. It happened to Weeds. It happened to Californication. It happened to Dexter. Yeah. It happened to um, Shameless. It happened to yeah, Shameless. Sucks it happened to pretty much every Showtime show that's ever that they've ever come across. They'll let it go. They'll just milk it as long as it can, and then in the long run, the show ends up doing worse because the fans uh, get frustrated with it. Yeah, they're just being greedy fucks and not letting the story end where it needs to be. Yeah, and then AMC figured out the real way to do it is mm. you end a show on a high note while it's still profitable. <laughs> yeah, and then you do you do and spinoffs you do or whatever. Yeah, but I mean you don't let the show outlive its its well, usefulness. Walking Dead is an exception, I think, to to AMC's um, whole. Well, actually, no, because the the comic books still uh, reflect what's going on in the show, so technically. Like AMC oh, so there's still more source long. material? Yeah, there's still source material. They haven't totally gone off uh, script yet. So yeah, Dex technically, Dexter was out of source uh, it's material. It's Robert Kirk Kirkman's fault for writing a too long fucking comic book. Oh, series. there you go. <laughs> Get your act together. Yeah. Stop being so productive. Yeah, what the hell are you doing? 
That's like George R. R. Martin. Uh, I mean, Game of Thrones is past the source material, but he's going to write more of it later after the show ends. So maybe. Yeah. <laughs> He's been know. talking about how this book's been coming out for years. Did you read the series? Lost was also Lost was kind of the first show of that kind of uh, like genre, I guess, where everyone always tuned in every week for this right, really and good continuing story. Well, that's, it became less. It really became good a television time, event, and I think that's one of the one of the things that I'll give fans of Lost. It seems like most of the people that are really huge fans of Lost were the people that were watching it every week. And yeah. it's not just about the show itself. It was about the it was about the event of waiting for that episode to come out and going over somebody's house and getting drunk and smoking weed and watching that episode yeah, every week. Talking about it all week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was it was part it was part of your life, you know what I mean? So no matter how bad a show is, you're still going to associate those those feelings and and enjoy that that show even if the show's not that great yeah so then i come along and I'm, I'm like i just watched it all in hindsight after the fact you know on dvd and i'm like well this plot point doesn't make a lot of sense and they're like well that wasn't really the point but you're right you jerk <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the whole thing we milked it did you not get that <laughs> this whole part is contrived and they're like yeah that's that's what we said while we we're watching it drunk and enjoying it yeah exactly it was awesome stop drilling holes in our boat as hell Football's tomorrow. I want to be confused now and just watch some mind-numbing nonsense next time. Yeah, exactly. Football. Yeah. <laughs> football. Uh, football. Makes everything better. It really does. Or, honestly, just drinking and staring at something with your friends makes everything better. <laughs> you can put on, like, a dog show and invite enough of my friends over and get, like whiskey and chips in the mix and I'll be like oh that fucking poodle doesn't have it dude and there's no fucking way there's... <laughs> bro give it to the shepherd the shepherd's got it I'm fucking telling you you know her dad was played for the Seahawks <laughs> and you're like what and you're like, I thought this was football I don't really know <laughs> I'm not really sure what's going on her dad actually was a Seahawk he won the bird competition <laughs> last week and <laughs> best bird in show yeah, the bird show. <laughs> Just birds escaping. <laughs> I'd watch that. Look at this falconer trying to hold down an eagle. <laughs> Different stuff. Eagles are heavy. Eagles are. When I was in Japan, I went to this place where they let you hold these owls, like this giant barn owl. That barn owl was heavy. Really? Yeah. I almost had to like work out to keep the you know keep my arm up the whole time. Wait. It- doesn't it fly, though? <laughs> Can you be like, yeah, you'd be fine. They're not that kind of owl. <laughs> no, they're it's like... A, they're wingless owls. They're one of those... It was indoors. So it's one of those... Oh. It's like a owl cafe. They have a owl lot of cafe. weird animal cafes in Japan where they have one... It was a hedgehog cafe where you go in and they let you, like, hold hedgehogs and you just play with hedgehogs. Neat. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go to Japan? That's cool. <laughs> a couple of months ago. It was great. That's where I got all that uh, Japanese toilet material. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking true to life. Yeah. See, you got to go be experiencing it. Got it exactly, yeah. This. Got a great bit out of it. <laughs> Can't go to Japan and not get a bit out of it. Yeah, no. <laughs> absolutely pointless. Japan's I gotta make, amazing. I got to make fun of these people. <laughs> no, I, I actually had a great time in Japan. If Japan wasn't so not cool about weed, I would move there. Really? They are not... They don't think weed is funny. They don't... <laughs> Like, here, they're like, even in states where weed's not legal, they're still like, ah, yeah, it's not legal, but come on. 
Yeah, exactly. They're like, ah, yeah, my, you my kids, knock it up. Jap- j- j- the Japanese are like, they don't take it serious. They don't take it uh, lightly at all. They yeah. do not think, they don't think weed is uh, cool. They're not down with it, and uh, you better not get caught with it. Word. Well, I mean, you can get hammered drunk. Isn't that like you're supposed to get hammered drunk? Isn't yeah. It like, it's like, oh wow, that guy's blackout drunk. He probably worked really hard today. Yeah, that's very <laughs> honorable. <laughs> <laughs> Look how hard that guy worked. He's throwing up and touching that girl's ass. <laughs> she doesn't know it. Then, right? That exactly. guy's a really model, <laughs> a model citizen. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I don't. I think, uh, but they don't get trashed the way Americans get trashed. Where it's like everybody's supposed to know you're trashed. They get trashed in a very quiet, honorable way, and then they go home and aren't rude to anybody. It's well, a great nice. place. Everybody's very polite and it's very extremely clean. Yeah. And almost everybody speaks English. It's amazing. Like, you almost forget you're in a different country sometimes because you'll walk into a store and start asking people stuff in English, and they're answering you in yeah. English. And you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's you know, great. I went to Japan once, and it was uh, it was really cool. This uh, like One of the last nights we were there, um, we would be, we'd get done with whatever we were doing in the city, and we'd come back up uh, to our hotel room, and every night uh, it stopped on uh, like the first floor. And this guy would get in with all his friends, and he's just blackout drunk, this Japanese businessman guy. And all his friends are probably just as drunk, but, like, they're pretty calm. And he looks at us, and he's like, you're American! <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I like oh, this yeah. guy. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I've been to America. I love America. Yeah! <laughs> and we're like, cool. And he's like, the elevator stops, and he's like, all right, I'll see you guys later. And he, like, <laughs> stumbles out the elevator. And his friends all kind of, like, walking about. I'm like, well, that was weird. And I then, want to uh, go back and try to find that guy. <laughs> and then the next day, uh, we're coming back up the elevator, and then it stops on the next floor, uh, like the first floor. We're like on the bottom floor to get on for some reason, and it stops on the next floor, and this guy gets on, he's like, hey, <laughs> you guys are American. <laughs> he does the exact same thing. <laughs> Doesn't remember us like, at all. Does the same thing. All right, I'll see you later. And he great. stumbles out like, it would be funny if he did that voice. to everybody. It just happened that you guys <laughs> yeah. coincidentally were American. That's what I think. It's <laughs> <laughs> he does that every night. That's why his friends didn't stop him. <laughs> <laughs> but now I let him go. <coughs> He's got a job to do. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, no, Japan's a fun fucking place, dude. Yeah. All the was, temples and stuff, it's super we only, peaceful. Like. We only ran into one person that didn't speak English. And uh, it was You're so like, weird because yeah. I, was, I was like, we're asking this person like, oh, do you know uh, where this office is? And they're looking at us and like shaking their head like they have no idea what we're saying. And we're just like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> 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 like he was in the idiot. wrong for not speaking English <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> no, I went with uh, some high school friends and it was so much fun. We, uh, what we did, we had, we had this thing of green tea and green tea looks a lot like jack daniels whiskey <laughs> and so we poured out we probably drank the green tea i like the thing <laughs> but we probably poured it out and, uh, we filled it up with jack daniels and we just walked around japan and we went to kyoto tokyo this cool like uh, um coastline town where like there's buildings and like the trees and stuff looked like some fucking crazy like it was it was amazing like just how beautiful it was and we were just hammered the whole time wow <laughs> and uh like there was we went to this fashion show uh, me and my friend kai and uh we were like there's all these like beautiful japanese girls come out in these crazy kimonos and they start playing this like 
Japanese themed hip hop beats and we just start like freestyling <laughs> like in front of these girls like oh shit and uh and like one of our teachers comes up next to us and she's like yeah and we're like yeah right and uh it was just like super fun and uh wait this is a class trip yeah the class trip and so uh the last time um well, that sounds amazing yeah we went to public school too I don't know what the fuck like, <laughs> great it was super cool but uh and so the last trip, um, the last night, I mean, we, like, got super drunk, and uh, I was trying to get Kai out, because we couldn't be drinking, that was the whole thing. And uh, so we finished a bunch of sake, like a full bottle of Jack, and uh, I'm trying to wake Kai up, like, I'm shaking him, and he's just like, I'm not getting up, no. <laughs> like, dude, we're, gonna, we're in another country, we're gonna get in trouble. And I, like, finally flip him off the bed, and he's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, like, everyone's waiting for us. And the teachers come in, and uh, we think we get away. We think uh, the teachers come in, we hide the balls, we're like, all right, we're good. We totally got away with this. And uh, we get back to... Uh, like, were you just buying the alcohol? Yeah. Well, like, cause it, because the, the rule is it's, tw- it's, it's 20, it's, 20, it's, 20. It's like... What was that? Wow. There's, there's now a delay on the podcast. That's weird. Uh, yeah. Well, let's just take these headphones out. And we won't hear the delay. There hey, you go. <laughs> that might work. I don't know. We're gonna find out if this story gets translated so, all bit. Yeah, apparently, like in Japan, they have to cart. They like the age is twenty or twenty-one, but it's it's on the honor system, so they would never conceive that somebody would try to buy alcohol <laughs> yeah. they're underage. They're like, nobody would be that dishonorable. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Meanwhile, Willie's like, you know what green tea looks like? Green tea mixed with vodka. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even green tea mixed anything. Just another alcohol, <laughs> raw. <laughs> it's also not straight. It's raw. There, that's <laughs> amazing. But uh, but yeah. And so we think we get away, and um, the last. So we get back to America. We go to school, and this teacher calls us in, and uh, she's like, "It's our senior year, the last quarter of senior year." And she's like, "Yes." Yeah, so we uh, um. We know you were drinking the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a secret. <laughs> Clearly been drinking. You were the loud and time. drunk and an asshole. <laughs> Both of you. And, uh, <laughs> for five days. And uh or no, I think it was like ten. It was a lot of drinking. <laughs> and, um, and so sadly we have to ex- uh, suspend you for the next ten days. And I already gotten into college and so I was like Oh yeah, so, that's great. And so you're telling me that because uh, I would Broke a rule and broke not only a rule but a law in Japan. Got endangered the entire trip. Did I get ten days off my last quarter of senior year? <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking in Japan every fucking time I go now. <laughs> Especially if I'm underage. Every time I'm a senior in high school, I'm gonna go to. <laughs> Actually, my senior year of high school, I pulled this stunt, which is too too long of a story to talk about right now. But I ended up getting suspended for, like, a week. Like, a week-long suspension. Mm-hmm. And uh, the crazy part is, I had already gotten accepted into college, and this is in Philadelphia in the middle of the winter. So, <laughs> by me getting uh, suspended for a week, it was the greatest possible thing that could have happened. I got a whole week off, and, like, my poor sister was, like, getting up and, like, putting on her winter clothes and trudging off to catch the bus to school. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like waking up and snuggling up next to the fireplace, like, ha-ha! <laughs> what a bunch of losers! Should have got su- kicked out of school. Yeah, Should have got suspended, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we felt. 
Awesome. So if you're listening, kids, always uh, get suspended. (laughs) Your last quarter of senior year doesn't matter. (laughs) Get suspended as much as you can. Once you get into college, do whatever you want. It really doesn't matter. It's fine. And then we were like legends around school. It's like, oh, yeah, those guys got fucking trash. They they fought a bunch of Japanese Yakuza guys. (laughs) They they sold drugs out in Japan. They had to get kicked out of the tour. We had this big legend growing. We got back to school. (laughs) It's amazing. It was tight, dude. I think I... Yeah, no, I, that made senior year. <laughs> That's great. At the end of it. But, that uh, beats any ski trip. Yeah, right? <laughs> Fuck that. Oh, where are you guys going? You guys going to the bird refuge halfway to Kalalui? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that fucking going bullshit. Going to algae farm? See ya. <laughs> yeah, lame. Have fun. Dr- drunk in Japan and get suspended. <laughs> I went to Buddhist temples hammered. There's got to be, if there's no Buddhist hell, but I'm sure there's one for that. There's like, no <laughs> algae water that looks like Johnny Walker. <laughs> <laughs> this, we had this great uh, Japanese tour guide, this really sweet uh, old Japanese lady, and she just like, Look at this, it's very beautiful. <laughs> How beautiful everything is. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so nice. And so we just called everything beautiful. Like, we, oh we're my like, God. look at that, that's beautiful. It's so <laughs> like, polite. It was, it was the sweetest thing I ever heard. I love Japanese people. Yeah, yeah. You've heard it here first. Vince Foti likes, <laughs> is, the, is a fan of the Japanese. I'm a fan. I'm a Nipponophile. Confirmed. <laughs> is, that, is that the scientific term for it's, I like Japanese people? Yeah, it's a definition. Uh, Japan used to be Nippon. Oh, Nipponophile. Yeah, Nipponichi. Yeah. And then they became Japan. Nippon. And then Nihon. Yeah. And Nihon is now so, yeah. what it is. So you, I mean, Japanophile, I think, can't be like a appropriate term, but Nipponophile is... You shouldn't, you, you shouldn't is, call a, in a file for anything you actually like, though. Unless you're... <laughs> unless you like, really like it in a weird way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just a creepy way of saying I like something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm like I like pizza, but I'm not a pizza file. <laughs> yeah, right. That's just it's a new level of it. Like, I don't know. I'm a Nipponophile. I I keep Japanese people in my basement. That's what it sounds like. That's I've only fucked pizza that one time. So. <laughs> <laughs> that still doesn't put me in a whole different category. <laughs> it was a mistake. <laughs> only accidents. You know, I didn't. Oh, you know, it might have been. So uh, how many podcasts is this going to be broken up into? <laughs> this is going to be one episode. That's why. We were trying to end it like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> we just kept talking. Let's just ma- just break it up into two episodes. This is, uh, <laughs> welcome back to part two of uh, the Vince Foti series of podcasts. <laughs> this week we're talking I'm about be like, we could get suspended. you on again, but what's the fucking point? Like, <laughs> already said everything I have to say. <laughs> yeah, do you have other things you talk about ever? <laughs> That's funny, is as soon as this podcast ends, we're just going to sit silently and smoke weed and not talk. <laughs> yeah, right. I fucking hope so, dude. I better know. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, uh, this is, well, it's supposed to be for drives, you know what I mean? And I saw it was like an hour long. And I was like, what drive is really an hour long? And it's like, everything's fucking miles and miles away. So I might as well give them at least an hour and 40. Yeah. <laughs> That's... We're, all right, we're, we're driving to Mexico. Let's put on the Vince Foti episode. <laughs> yeah, let's put on the Vince Foti series. The, the saga. You're worried about not having content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're welcome. Well, yeah, no, thanks for being on, man. I really want to watch The Simpsons. We should close this. <laughs> but, uh... But yeah, seriously, it was a lot of fun. Uh, do you have any shows coming up you want to plug or anything? Uh, no, not at all. Nothing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be bartending at Fabiani's on Sunday <laughs> in Wiley. <laughs> Come see me. Mention the podcast. I'll give you a free beer. <laughs> 
Hey, that's deals. Is that a sponsorship by Fabiani's out here? Hey. I don't think that's legal, but. You can put it on Willie Simon's tab, which also isn't legal. So. Yeah. That's, uh, awesome. that's great. But, uh, Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, this is, totally. This is a great time. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um, you can catch him at uh, Three's Bar and Grill every Tuesday. He's one of the few comics you should be watching over there. Um, <laughs> or at least listening to. Yeah. <laughs> one of the two. Don't steal from Three's also during Vince's set. If you're going to steal from Three's, wait until a shitty comic goes on. <laughs> <laughs> Please, for fuck's sake. Um, and uh, any social media? Do you were, were you on Twitter or uh, oh, Facebook or anything? I'm on Twitter, I, technically. <laughs> what's, what's your Twitter? Uh, it's at Fiction Vent. At Fiction Vent. Like like, oh, a, that's a, like a vent that fiction comes out of. Isn't that a like a rearranging of your that's an letters an, of your name? That's an anagram, anagram. Of, of my actual name. Yeah, Fiction yeah. Vent. Yeah, follow him at Fiction Fiction Vent. Um, and just, on Twitter, just friend me on Facebook. We, we can just be friends. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you, you have the medium of the internet, so you don't actually have to get to know him. So it's great. Yeah. Um, I'm also on SoundCloud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I have like one song on SoundCloud or something. So go check that out. It's at a, Fiction Vent. Also. A, uh, no, that's uh, uh, under Vince Foti. All right. I think the name of the song is Sergio Leone. I don't know. I was really high when I posted it, so. Actually, don't check it out. <laughs> Even if you're on SoundCloud, resist the temptation. <laughs> you probably are on SoundCloud already because of this, yeah. so please go check out uh, yeah, <laughs> Vince Foti. It's fine. <laughs> follow Vince Foti on Facebook. Uh, follow him on Twitter at FictionVent. Um, you can check him out every Tuesday at threes and every Wednesday at 11 o'clock on the Biscuits and Gravy Show. And Sundays at Fabiani's. And Sundays at Fabiani's. <laughs> But tune in on Wednesdays, uh, 88.5 KKU. Um, he does a biscuit and gravy goat show. Uh, funny as hell. Yeah, if, you uh, if you have, like, iHeartRadio, or actually, our iHeartRadio went out of business, but one of those it things where you listen what to... What about ra- the festival? Where you listen Where's Green Day going to play? <laughs> when you listen to radio online, search KAKU, and you can find 88.5. It's a local Maui radio station. Yeah, you can uh, listen to him... Um, Across the country. Yeah. Thanks to the internet. And also, on this thing, thanks to the internet. Go internet is, uh, yeah, oh, and the, been a constant. But the Biscuits and Gravy Show on Facebook. That's that's uh, that's probably the best social media way to uh, follow Biscuits and Gravy. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you want more Vince Foti? Uh, you got to get some Biscuits and Gravy with it. So you got to check out the Biscuits and Gravy Show. I mean, I think um, the, the people have had enough Vince Foti at this point. <laughs> <laughs> You're still hungry for more of this all-you-can-eat Foti buffet. Um, yeah, check him out on uh, social media. Thanks for being on again, man. Thanks, thanks for having me on, buddy. Yeah. All right. See you guys next time. Thank you so much. Hey, and that's the episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks to Vince Foti for being on, being so fucking funny. Um... Check him out, uh, 11 o'clock every Wednesday at 88.5 KKU. Him and Chuck Thompson run a hell of a radio show. Um, and uh, look up see people on Bandcamp. Look up his SoundCloud. I don't know what that is. He has a song about smoking weed and watching Star Wars, so hopefully that's what that is. But uh, check him out. Uh, Vince Foti on Facebook, Fiction Van on Twitter. Uh, great motherfucker, great comedian. Thanks, you guys, for listening very much. Uh, we'll see you next time. Appreciate you guys. Nothing like that.